Good morning, Living Hope. Good morning. Happy Easter. So good to see everybody here. So good. It was a great day. You're all looking, looking good, sounding good. Everybody's looking marginally better than they normally do. And uh, that's, that's the whole point of Easter, right? You just you add a little hat, you add a little tie, same jeans, same $3 t-shirt. It's, it's all good. But marginally better. That's all we're going for. So that's good. So good to see everybody. Uh, uh, I, was, I, I had this thought earlier that I haven't thought about since I was a kid. And some of you will get this and some of you won't. But uh, happy Easter, Bunny. Happy Easter, Easter Bunny. Bok, bok. <laughs> I don't know. Anybody, anybody remember that? Uh, happy Easter, Easter Bunny. Bok, bok. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. All right. Amen. You guys can go. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, it is, you know, Easter is my, uh, my favorite day of the year. i got to fix this. Sorry. Um, it really is my favorite day of the year. It, it's such it's such an awesome thing for us to all come together and and uh, celebrate this thing. I, like I've had this uh, like uh, pent up excitement all week long for us to just come together and celebrate what is the most important thing uh, in our lives and to our faith, and that's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. That our Savior is not. Uh, you won't find him in a tomb. Uh, that he is risen. He is alive. He reigns over all the universe. He reigns in our hearts. And, and it, is, it is the single most significant thing about us as believers in Jesus Christ. Um, and so it is... I, hold on, I'm a little bit distracted. Um, Mark, you're distracted too. I'm sorry. <laughs> Would you bring me that handheld? I, I have a wire digging into my ear here. I can't do this. All right. So until he gets here. Here it's coming. All right. I'll meet you halfway. Thank you, man. Appreciate that. Go back to your drink of water. All right. Good. Okay. So it is. It's the single most uh, significant thing about us and about what we believe and about who we are. And, um, and it, you know, whether you're um, a longtime Christian or you're new to the faith or maybe you're not sure where you stand with the whole faith thing and you're still trying to figure all that out, uh, let me just say welcome. And, and what we're going to do, you know, that song, I Dare You to Move, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a dare before you here in just a little bit. I'm going to dare you to make a decision. Uh, and you, whether you want to make a decision or not, you will make a decision. Um, and so I'm going to try to guide you what, where I think the, the, the wisest way to go with that decision is. Anybody remember when you were a kid playing Truth or Dare? Um, anybody? No, really? I'm the only one who played Truth or Dare when I was a kid. Really? Really? Like, I think with girls, like when they got together for sleepovers, I think. I don't know. I was never at a girl sleepover, but uh, I think when girls got together for sleepovers and played Truth or Dare, it was mostly always truth. And then with guys, it's always dare. No, no guy's telling the truth about anything. And, and we're like, just dare. Yeah, whatever. I'll eat that. Okay. And, and, uh, and so... That, that whole, so just that, there's that thing about when you when somebody dares you to do something. I, remember, I should have brought the video, but several years ago, I dared Isaiah, my son, to eat a giant wad of wasabi all at once, and it just lit him up. And I laughed the happiest laugh of my life. It was just just crying and snotting all down his face, and I was just so happy. And um, and so. <laughs> It was just, you know, there's, but there's that moment when you do something daring or somebody dares you to do something where you have that kind of critical, like, okay, 
All right. Am I going to do this? Oh, oh, crud. Here we go. I guess I am. You know, that, you, know you, kind of, you kind of make that move. And, uh, and so I hope for some of you, for actually for all of us, I hope that's where we are to, today, right now, right here in this moment where you're kind of confronted with this, uh, I'm, what I'm getting ready to dare you to do. Um, this faith thing, this Christianity thing, this relationship with, with Jesus Christ, let me just tell you about what it's like for me, okay? Um, it's, the most, it's the most important thing in my life, bar none, bar none. You, I, as much as I love my wife and kids, and I love them to the moon and back, to the moon and back, like I, I love my family so much, I, 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 uh, I, you know, there's nothing I wouldn't do for them. Uh, but you ask any of them who daddy loves more than them, and they'll tell you Jesus. There's, there's nobody in my life I love more than Jesus. And uh, I, I made a, a, a post on Facebook several weeks ago. Uh, my small group that I'm in, we, uh, we took a night off and went to the movies to see that movie Risen, which was, which was pretty good. And um, it's, a, it's a movie about a, um, a Roman soldier who is tasked with the uh, job of investigating the empty tomb, trying to figure out what happened to Jesus' body and that sort of thing. And, uh, and so at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, Jesus is alive. And, uh, and, and so at the end of the movie, there's this, there's, this, there's this moment where this Roman soldier has a moment alone with Jesus. And, and I, know, I know they're actors. I know it's just Hollywood stuff. I, I, I get that. I'm not dumb. But I got sucked into the moment of what they were portraying there. And um, I, just my eyes welled up with tears as he's kind of having this conversation with Jesus. And uh, um, I, I just, I realized in that moment, there's nothing in my life I want more than that. Like, like that is everything to me. I want to be face-to-face with my Savior. I want to be face I want to have a conversation with him. I want to see him. I want him to speak peace into my life. I want him to call me by my true name. I want, I want that moment more than anything in my life. And when I say I love Jesus, I don't say I love Jesus to somehow let you know what tribe I'm a part of. I don't say I love Jesus to, to separate myself from people who don't or to somehow say I'm better than anybody else or any of that. I don't say I love Jesus as even some sort of statement of faith. When I say I love Jesus, I say it the same way as when I say I love my wife and I love my, my kids, Molly and Isaiah and Isla and the other one and um, Meadow and, and Meadow. I, I, when I say I love Jesus, like when I say I love, love my family, that's not that's nothing more than me stating a fact of pure love that like I love them because they're one of the most significant things in my life and I can't fathom my life without them. Cannot fathom my life with it would crush my soul if something was to happen and I had to spend a, a large chunk of my life without them that would just I can't I can't imagine that. And um and when I say I love Jesus, it's the same. He's the most significant thing in my life, and I can't fathom my life without him. And I want more than anything just to be with him, to be with him. Someday face to face, but for now, 
I'll settle for whatever I get. If, if me being with Jesus looks like lifting up praises with, with all of you know, us yahoos together, then I'll settle for that. If it looks like me digging into his word and trying to get to know him better and figure out what, what makes him laugh and what makes him cry and what he's passionate about, then I'll, then I'll settle for that. If it's just me spending quiet prayer, kind of offloading my life onto him and, and helping him helping me process everything that's going on, I'll settle for that. But I just, I just want to be with him. I just want to be with him. That when we talk about, for Christians, any Christian that's worth their salt, when we talk about this faith, it, we're not talking about some sort of repetitious religious system that we all buy into, that it is, it's, 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 it's deeper. It's, it's love. It's relationship. It's, um, it's, it's our heartbeat. It's our heartbeat. I, for, for the last several weeks here at Living Hope, we've been talking about um, the story of the gospel, what that looks like. It's more than just, you know, slip up your hand, say a prayer, you know, make take a little walk down the aisle, whatever. It's more, it's more than that. There's a story behind it, a big, beautiful, epic story. And we've been telling that story all the way from creation uh, to last week we discussed the resurrection. We're going to celebrate the resurrection today. We discussed the resurrection last week. Um, and, uh, and there's a few more of those, of those a little, little bit more of the story to go after this week that we're going to tap into. Um, and you can, if you want to listen to any of that, it's all online. The podcasts are online at the church website. You can check that out. Um, but as we've been telling this story and been telling this, and we, last week we were talking about, you know, the resurrection. I, I, we we kind of hit just a little bit on a story that, uh, in the Bible that I want to sit on for a little while longer today. And it's in John chapter 11. John chapter 11. And um, in this story, uh, Jesus has a friend by the name of Lazarus. And his friend dies, and, uh, and Jesus raises him from the dead. So this is not a typical day in anybody's book. It's a pretty big day. Um, you know, dead guy is dead. Guy comes back to life. That's a, that's a, that's a, you know, you're going to, you're going to mark that one on your calendar. You're going to remember that one. Um, and so before we dig into the scripture, let me kind of give you the setup of what's happened here. Jesus is off away from where this town where Lazarus and his two sisters, Mary and Martha live. They live in this town called Bethany. And, um, as they're off, as Jesus is off doing his Jesus thing somewhere, uh, somebody sends word to him that Lazarus is really sick and, uh, and he, he's close to death. And so Jesus' disciples are like, you know, okay, Jesus, we, you know, should we go get the ponies? We need to go. Uh, you know, we got to get out of here, right? And Jesus is like, no, um, not yet. I'll go later. And, uh, and they kind of try to talk him into it. Like, we need to go. And, and Jesus' response is, no, Lazarus is, 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 a, is, a, Lazarus is already asleep. And um, we'll go later. Uh, and when, when we go, God's going to be glorified in all this. So just, let's just wait. And so they wait a few more days before they start heading back towards Bethany. And, um, and so that's where we pick up the story. Lazarus is now dead. Dead. Okay? Um, so John chapter 11, we're going to start with verse 17. It says this. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four 
days. Now, this is, this is four days dead. This is, this is four days dead before the time when a coroner would come pick up the body. This is four days dead before they would turn it over to a funeral home and there were some preserving processes going on. This is, this is just four days dead. Four days, like I don't know if you remember, if you ever come across like an animal on the street that's four days dead. I don't want to get too graphic here. I, already, I think I already did. But, um, but we're talking four days dead. Like the body's going through some changes, right? It's not a pretty picture. So he found Lazarus had been, Lazarus had been dead in the tomb for uh, four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem about two miles off, and many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to console them concerning their brother. So when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went and met him. But Mary remained seated in the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had just been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. So so Martha, you know, and Mary, they're back at the house. They're, they're mourning. It's, their brother's been dead for four days. You know, there's a lot of mourning going on for four days after somebody you love dies. They hear Jesus is getting close to town. Martha takes off, runs to the outskirts of town, meets Jesus. And, and she's like, oh, Jesus, he's already dead. Like, if you would have just come when we sent for you, if you would have just been here, he'd still be alive. Like she's 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 thinking back. I mean, this family is very close friends of Jesus, and she's thinking back, and she's going, "I've seen you do things. I've I've seen you take, you know, a, a lunchable and feed several thousand people with it. I've seen you." I've heard stories that you walked across water. I was at a wedding with you when you turned water into wine. I've seen you take very, very, very sick people, even lepers, and and bring healing to them. I've seen you cast demons out of people. I know what kind of power you have. If you would have just been here, like I needed you, I sent for you. Why couldn't you have just shown up? I don't know if you have ever been through anything that would cause you to identify with the sentiment of Martha a little bit in this story. Can I tell you kind of a dirty little secret of Christians? And, and this, this statement will not sell any books. It will not get me my own... TV show, um, you know, where I become a really awesome televangelist with big hair and a big house. It's not going to give me any of that. Um, but this is the truth. That there are times when we ask God to show up in a very specific way. And he doesn't show up the way we want him to show up. It just doesn't. Like there are times he does. There are times we'll, we'll, we'll pray for something, ask God to, to move, to, to take control of a situation, and, and he shows up in mighty ways, and you're just giving him praise and yay, God, and, and it's, it's all just exactly what you prayed for and exactly what you hoped for. And then there are times when you feel desperate and you lift up a prayer to God, 
and you ask him to show up in a very specific way, and it doesn't happen like you hoped it would happen. It doesn't happen. It's, um, I've been in several situations where I've, I prayed very specific prayers because I felt desperate, either about a relationship I was in or about um, a job situation or a financial bind I was in or a, 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 a healing for someone that I wanted healed or whatever the case may be. I, I've, been, I've prayed very specific prayers and, and God hasn't always showed up the way I hoped he would show up. Um, and here's another little secret that Christians won't out, admit out loud. And it's this, that um, a lot of us think that God owes us. A lot of us will, like, you know, we'll, we, maybe you won't say this, but you kind of think it up in the back of your head, like, okay, God, I've been, um, you know, I've been to church like every Sunday this year so far. Like, haven't missed a Sunday. I have been helping out in the nursery. Um, I've, I'm trying the whole giving thing. I'm trying to, you know, sacrifice in areas of my life for you. I, I'm trying to be a better person. I, I got in the dunk tank at the carnival yesterday. I, you know, wh- whatever. I, I'm tr- I've been trying to do things for you. So I need something now. I need something now. So I need you to step up for me now. I've been stepping up for you, so it's only fair. I need you to step up for me. Now, no, no, no decent Christian is going to actually say that out loud. But we either at times think it in the back of our heads or, or live our lives as if we think it. And the truth is just God doesn't always show up the way we want him to show up. Now, I think there's a couple reasons for that. One is... It's not that he ha- he's not going to show up. It's just that he hasn't shown up yet. Uh, the Bible tells us that God's timing is perfect. God's timing is perfect. And then I think the other reason that sometimes God doesn't show up in the ways that we want him to show up is because we have no idea that we are asking for our destruction. And only he gets that. Uh, there are times that we, we ask for things that we think is, are best for us. And what we don't realize that it could possibly be the worst thing that we could be asking for. And God and his love and his wisdom is protecting us from ourselves at times, I think. And then I think there are times that God allows us to go through certain situations because, because pain and suffering strengthen us. That's actually in the Bible. If you thought you were signing up for a faith where everything was just going to be rosy all the time, you got lied to. You got lied to. Sometimes pain and suffering shape us into better people. Now, Martha asked this question, well, you know, why, why couldn't you have just been here? Why couldn't you have just been here? And then she kind of throws this little tagline on it where she says, you know, uh, I, uh, but, you know, even now I know that whatever you ask, you know, God would, God would give you. So Jesus responds, and he says this. He says, Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. And Martha says, this is great, Martha says, I know that he'll rise again in the resurrection on the last day. And so, so Jesus is like, your, brother's gonna, your brother is going to rise again. And, and she's like, yeah, I know. 
I know. I'm going to see him in heaven someday. It's like, it's like, have you ever been through a hard situation when somebody kind of approaches you and they're like, well, you know, God's got a plan and all this. And they're just trying to be helpful. But you're like, well, I sure wish he'd show me what his plan is. Share that plan with me because I'm not seeing it. And, 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 and all of your you know, platitudes that you're spouting off aren't much help right now. And, and this is kind of where Martha is. She's like, okay, yeah, I know. I know I'm going to see him in heaven someday. But you know what? I'd like to eat a sandwich with him right now. I'd like to sit with him right now. Like, I miss my brother. I miss him. Like, like he, he led our family, and I feel empty without him. Yeah, I'm looking forward to heaven when everything's going to be set right. And, and, uh, and you know, when, when God moves and the kingdom comes and everything is put back the way it's supposed to be. But it doesn't help my heart right now. It doesn't help my heart right now. And then Jesus says this. Don't miss this. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So G- She's like, yeah, okay, I get it. I, you know, I'll see him in heaven someday. And Jesus is like, no, 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 no. I'm not, I'm not talking about heaven. Quit thinking about heaven. Why is it always heaven with you guys? He's like, he's like, quit thinking. And yeah, the resurrection in the last day when God sets, always, sets everything right, that's, that's all well and good. But I am the resurrection. I am the life. Right here, right now, in this moment, I am the resurrection. The resurrection isn't something to look forward to. The resurrection is something to be experienced right now. Right now. And, th- and this is before, by the way, she's got this whole theology of resurrection that's coming. This is before um, Jesus raises from the dead. This is before he's, he's died, he died and raises from the dead three days later and East, on Easter, the whole thing. This is before that. She's got this whole theology working and he's trying to flip her theology on its head. And he says, no, 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 no. It's not about the future. It's about right now. I am the resurrection. I am the life. I want you to live a resurrection life right here, right now, right now. And you have to get this point because this is really what Easter is all about. This is why we sing songs. This is why we celebrate. This is why we love. This is why we do everything we do because we serve a risen Savior who was the resurrection and the life before the resurrection. He is the resurrection. He calls us into a life of resurrection. Some of you have lives that need to be buried. Some of you have patterns and behaviors that you need to lay down and let go. Some of you have attitudes that, you've, that have been instilled in you, where you're, um, you've been emotionally broken, where you've been wounded, where you've been victimized, and you need to lay that down and allow Jesus to be the resurrection and the life for you right here, right now. Amen? That's what Easter is about. It's about right here, right now. Do we have a hope of a final resurrection when God sets everything right and we get new bodies and the whole deal? Absolutely, we have that hope. But we have a hope. What, we read this verse last week from Peter. It's where we get our church name. Where Peter says, um, we have this living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a living hope. It's right here, right now. We get to experience the resurrection in our lives, right here, right now. And you need to bury 
your old self and live brand new in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Some of you someday, you know, like you, you've started this relationship with God, and you just like you're you're just kind of this walking zombie. You're like the Walking Dead, right? You're just you're just walking around dead. Like he's 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 reanimated. He's given you new life, but you're still dead inside. You're still just like hanging on to dead things and dead ways and dead ends and dead patterns. You're you're hanging on to all that old stuff. And he wants to transform you and give you new life so you live a resurrection life right now. Some of you are hanging on to to broken and beat up relationships where, where you just feel crushed underneath the weight of them. And God is saying, I want to... I want to resurrect that relationship. I want to change it. I want to transform it. Some of you are, are hanging on to, to, to the dead feelings in your jobs and your workplaces or at school. And God's saying, I want to take that experience and I want to transform it. I want to be the resurrection in the, and the life in your setting every single day. I want to be that for you. He is the resurrection and the life. This is why we do everything we do. If, we, if there is no resurrection, then like we said last week, if there is no resurrection, this is a total and complete waste of our time. Us being here, it was a nice day and you know, pretty outside and what, whatever, but this is a total waste of time if there is no resurrection. If, if, if Jesus is not, was not only resurrected from the dead, but if he didn't embody resurrection with his whole life, then this is all a complete waste of time. Some of you need to stop just holding out hope for a better someday. Yeah, is, 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 is eternity going to be better? Sure, it's going to be better. It's, it's obviously going to be better. It's got to be better. Did you see who's running for president? It's got to be better. It's got to be better. And so, yeah, eternity is going to be great. And that's something to look forward to. But he has life, resurrection life for you right here, right now. Take hold of that. Take hold of that. And Jesus says, he says this, he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. If, you, if you, people who believe this, they won't die. This is, the, this is where that final hope that we have comes in. That for the, for the Christ follower, we are invincible. We are invincible. Like, you, we, you can't touch this. You can't touch this. You can try to crush this, but you can't crush it. I'm invincible because I am indwelt by the Holy Spirit of Jesus Christ our Lord. You can't touch this. Jesus said it this way when, when uh, he was being tried and, 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 uh, and, and beaten and everything like this. And, and, uh, and you know, they said something about taking his life. And he's like, you can't, you can't take this life. You can't take, you can't take this life, but I'll give it to you. I'll give it. And that's where we are too. You can't touch this. You can't crush this. You can't beat this. I am a child of God filled with his Holy Spirit. Nothing can touch me. You can't take my life from me, but I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. And it's through this kind of resurrection life that we live and that we walk in where we realize that we truly can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives us the strength. When he calls us to do things that he wants us to do, he empowers us to do those things. And he claims the victory for you before you've even set out on it. If you just follow him and walk in that resurrection life with him, you can't fail when you're doing the things that he wants you to do. 
And we need to quit living these kind of passive, um, anemic lives where we sit back and we, oh, we're full of fear and we're full of anxiety and, and uh, well, I feel like God's calling me to do something, but I don't know if it makes sense. When did God ever call anybody to do anything that made sense? Read your Bible. Not one, not one person got called to do anything that made sense. In my whole life, God has never called me to do anything that made sense. The only thing about following God that makes sense is the knowledge that it's God you're following. That's it. The rest is in his his hands. And so quit, get rid of that fear of, well, what will people think? Or, or what will, you know, how will it get done? God's in control. Who cares what people think? I'm going to walk in the resurrection and the life of Jesus Christ right here, right now. I want to start walking in power. Don't you want to start walking in power? Like, I want to, I want to experience the power that you've heard stories about. I want to experience the power that we read about. I want to live in that. And that's what he calls us to. And he shares this with Martha. And then he says, he asks her this question that I think he's asking you this morning too. He says, do you believe this? Do you believe this? And this is the dare, folks. This is the dare. Do you believe that Jesus is who he said he was? That he can do all the things in your life that he promises he can do? Do you believe that? Because if you do, you can't go on with the rest of your life as if that did not happen. You can't. That's a game changer for your life. And Martha's response here is so great. She says to him, Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God. What Martha is saying here, like like he says, do you believe this? And she doesn't say, I do believe. I've seen you do all these amazing things. You're a great teacher. You're a great prophet. Of course, I believe you can do whatever you want to do. She doesn't say that. She makes the jump in that moment from great man, great prophet to, okay, you're the Messiah. You're the promised one. You're the Son of God, God's true representative, God in the flesh sent to us. I get it now. Yes, I believe this. I believe this. And that's the challenge for you this morning. That's the dare for you this morning. Do you believe that Jesus is the one you've been waiting for? The promised one for your life? Do you believe that he is God? Not that he was just some great teacher 2,000 years ago. Not that he just died on the cross 2,000 years ago. Not that lots of books have been written about him and there's churches all over the world about him. Not Put all that stuff aside. Do you believe that this man was God? Is God? Because if the answer to that is yes, everything changes. If you truly believe you're following God... Fear has no claim on your life anymore. Anxiety has no claim on your life anymore. None of that. None of that worrying about what people think has none none of no claim on your life anymore. Only the Holy Spirit has claim on your life. And he wants you to walk in a resurrection life right here, right now. So step up and do that. 
Be everything that God has called you to be. Do all of that stuff. This is what I dare to you. I dare you to live your life now, right now, as one resurrected. Right now as one resurrected. And what's that look like? That means you're invincible. You're straight up MC Hammer. You can't touch this. You cannot touch this. When you live resurrected life, walking in the resurrected life, you are untouchable. People might try to crowd in and crush you. The enemy might try to distract you or get you off track. But it, you can't be touched when you're walking resurrection life. They may try to take your body. And they may even be successful at taking your body. But they will never ki- kill the true you. And even if they take your body, they only take it for a little bit because you get it back and you get it back better. You are invincible. Start living as if you believe that. Start living now as if you... We have so much work to do in this town. Let's just talk... I know some of you are from outside of Dixon, and, and you're all welcome Welcome to the greater Dixon Metroplex. We welcome you here. Uh, but let's just talk for just a second just about Dixon. Dixon's a town of 18,000 people with only about seven or eight evangelical churches here in town. Only seven or eight. And all of those churches are this size or smaller. And so what we're looking at is literally thousands of people in this town that don't know Jesus. We have work to do. And shame on us when we get afraid to do it. Shame on us when we feel like, what if God doesn't show up and move? As if you want people to come to Christ more than God does. God will move where God leads and he is leading us out. This is a good day and we'll celebrate all day long, but he is leading us out to do his work. Stand in confidence. Know that the victory for you has already been claimed and let's take this city in the name of Jesus Christ and let's do it together, walking in the resurrection lives that we've been called to. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much and we thank you for your word. We thank you for... um, the resurrection. We thank you that you didn't just rise from the dead. God, you embodied resurrection with your whole life. We thank you so much. And we ask for you to give us the confidence that that resurrection life should instill in us. God, help us to be everything you want us to be. Help us to go everywhere you want us to go and to say the things that you want us to say. Change us in ways that we can't change ourselves. God, there are so many areas of our life where we feel powerless, but we claim the power that comes only through you. We realize that we are nothing without you, but with you, we are everything. And so God, help us to step into this resurrection life. And we'll give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus name. Amen.